we belong to him isn't it this time I'm going to ask the ushers if they come forward please let's pray Father we just thank you for this day for you are the most high God. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to give you what's in our hand. That you might bless it and break it and use it for the benefit of the people that need it. So Father, we ask that your kingdom come and that your will be done. And that you take these offerings, Lord, and you multiply them for your kingdom and your purpose. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This time we're going to let our children go to Kids Zone for this evening.
a lot of good stuff going on. Kids get back there and they get ministered to. We just appreciate everybody's work. All right, with that, we'll let our pastor come and give us the second chapter. Before pastor comes up, um, Sister Debbie and I would like to make a, a quick recognition of Monica. Come up. Monica, we have the opportunity. So, Monica, um, our our district, the Alabama district, does something called um, fine arts. When I was growing up, it was actually teen talent, and the Lamb Trio did sing What a Day That Will Be in South Florida for teen talent. Well, now it's a lot bigger and a lot more talented people. So Barry and Jessica encouraged Monica to enter. What was the category? What was the name of it? I don't remember. Um, sorry. Yes, okay. So we, they asked Monica to, Monica to enter a sketch for a category, and they, they judged them on their sketches. Um, so Monica entered this and got a superior with an invitation, which means she scored, I think it was 36 point something out of 40 points, which was incredible. So now, Monica, she can send this to our National um, Fine Arts Festival, which we haven't told David that he's gonna deliver it when he goes in August to our general council. He's gonna deliver this for you. And, um, and she'll be judged for it there as well. But um, we're so proud of Monica and thankful for Je um, Barry and Jessica for encouraging her. But I want to say a little something. When we first came here, sorry, I know, I always say that, I want to say a little something. Um, <laughs> so, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, so when we first came here, Monica, I don't know, I mean, and I know you know that, this about Monica, you probably knew she was this talented already and I didn't know. But there was something about um, Monica's countenance the first time I met her. And you could see Jesus in Monica. And um, I'm just thankful for that. And I love you. And I know I'm embarrassing you. And don't hate me for this. But Monica's, Monica's going to go a long way. And we're all going to be here to cheer her on. And I just love and appreciate you so much. Thank you. Y'all need to come look at this closer. I mean, it's perfect. Do you want to say anything? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, give everybody, give, give Monica another round of applause. To me, this is what, uh, as far as youth is concerned, and, and any of us that are here, this is what Pastor's talking about. You know, the Lord can take the talents he's given us, and I expect our other students to do things next year, um, you know, whether it's vocal or photography, all these things that the Lord's given us, talents and desires to do, yeah, he can yeah. take these little things yeah. and he can bless 5,000 people yeah. with, with just a small token of, of what he's given us. And, and I, I'm, so, I'm so proud of Monica. I'm, she didn't place, but you placed here, let me tell you. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, thank y'all. Y'all helped this youth and, and uh, just really, really proud of you. Good job. And quit looking at me when you're up here like you need like, like you need permission or something. Girl, you ain't never asked me to talk. My word. Every woman in the house, say amen. Come on. 
but I need to move on. I got all these thoughts going through my head. I'll be so much trouble. I won't ever be able to back out of it. So, I want to. So, I even while I was sitting, listening and worshiping, you know, all I, 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 the Lord had dropped something in my spirit about I don't know it's been a few weeks ago, just about what our mission statement is, and you guys know I regularly visit the thought that we have on our bulletin that tells us it's on our screens also when you're sitting in here that it tells us that we believe Evangel's mission is loving people. And so as I, was, as I was thinking about that and just contemplating it a few weeks ago, the Lord dropped something in my spirit just about how we manage that love, how we cultivate that love, the way we, the way we as a people are responsible for that love. I mean, really and truly, if we took time to really discuss it, we'd recognize, especially as we dug through the scripture, that we have responsibility in that. We have, we have, we have this, I mean, it's one of the things that's in our hand. It's one of the things that we've been given. Uh, the scripture's clear that, you know, with the love that you've received, you love, right? I mean, that's, I mean, and, and how much love has he poured on you? I mean, he's poured so much love on me. I, my boys joke about how emotional I am, but I can't even think about people getting saved without it just tearing me up because, I mean, I just know where I was at, where I was headed. It's so clear in my mind, just um, though I might could have succeeded in the world's eyes, I'm so far from God. Amen. You know what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying. So, so the goal in our lives has to be to constantly remind ourselves and encourage ourselves in that idea of love and how that love functions and operates in our lives. And that's why I believe Evangel's mission is clear. Uh, it doesn't go into much more detail than that. It basically says wherever you are and, or, or whoever you are and wherever your journey has taken you, rest assured you're going to be loved. Amen? We're going to love you and encouraged and, and valued. Um, and you do, that happens through a connection with God and with each other. And so we, we encourage that. We, we strive for that. We try to ex- exemplify it through our lives and through the, the, the connections that we try to create. There's more that we can do. I know that. And we're working towards that. Constantly thinking and planning. And just like had a meeting today with some of our leaders and uh, in our children's ministries and just had a discussion with them of just about where we are and where we want to be and what it's going to take. And I know there are things that we need to work on, but, man, there's, God's doing so much in us as a people, amen? And that's going to flow. It's just going to – I like to use this example, uh, and I sort of used it in, in the meeting today. It's like you grease a wheel and get that thing to spinning, and a lot of times you'll have a little bit of that grease will spin out of that bearing. And so as God's moving in here, he's getting things going, and as he's moving in here, it's slinging stuff out of it. It's slinging good stuff out of it that's going to bring life and energy and hope and the ministries just into people. And look, what is he doing here? He's helping us to get back on course of loving folks because he's helping us get back on course of loving him. Because listen, that's where it's all born out of. It all flows from the relationship that we have with him. And when we struggle in that relationship, we're struggling in, in, in earthly relationship. 
And boy, whenever we start tapping into that love and living in it and functioning in it, boy, it just overflows. It just, I mean, it just slings out on everybody we come in contact with. Amen? So, none of that's my message. Actually, it all sort of is, but I, I am going to get to one thought. Y'all know me. I mean, I'll give you three points every once in a while. Sometimes I give you six. Sometimes I, I, I won't give you any. Now, it's a no-point message. Just, I'm random. I'm just, I mean, you imagine being God having to work with my brain. So you understand. I mean, he gets the most he can out of it every time he works in it, okay? So uh, um, so what I want to suggest to you is that in order for us to love people, we've got to grow as people. And so whenever I talk about growing, not so much numerically, but spiritually, we've got, so, so what I'm talking about is, is we've got to grow in an area within our life, and, and we know the scripture speaks, and we hear songs about growing in this, but it's in the idea of grace, and not just grace, I'm going to phrase it a little different, we got to grow in gratefulness, okay, we got to grow in gratefulness, because the more grateful we are, the more we're going to love the way God has designed us to love, and purposed for us to love and, and intended for us to love. Um, we said this a few weeks ago. I don't know if you'll remember it. And I like to think that some of what I do tries to build on the others. And so I'm going to take this phrase and bring it up today. And I may bring it up six weeks from now, but it all sort of has a thought that flows to it. But but we made a statement. We sh- I share the thought with you that God's not God's not concerned about us being irresistible as a church to the community around us. But I told you that I believe that he wants us to become irresistible as a church to the heaven above. Because the more irresistible we come to the heaven above, the more he comes and fills the place. And that, my friend, is what makes us irresistible to the community. It is the love that flows out of us. It's his presence that pours out of us. So God wants us to rest in, I'm going to use a phrase, his irresistible presence. He wants to rest that irresistible presence on us. He wants to place his presence on us to where that when people see us, they understand there's something different. When they encounter us, they feel there is something. They feel the value of their life. They feel the value in their life. They feel like because of that encounter, they, they, they not only have gained, but they recognize that they are valued in that moment. So, so I believe God's more concerned about us being grateful than anything else. I'm going to share a story with you. It is a current day story. It's not a story. It's a true story. Not a story about me right yet. We'll get to me in the end. Because um, I like to use myself as an illustration or Debbie. But not tonight. You're, you're, you're leading today. So uh, um, my story actually involves a sports person. It's a guy named Von Miller. If you don't follow sports or especially the NFL, you wouldn't know who Von Miller is. But if you are a sports fan, especially if you were a sports fan of uh, the Denver Broncos, you would recognize the name because he was a linebacker for them. Uh, he played line defensive end mostly, but he would swap in and out. And he was an incredible athlete. He is an incredible athlete. He was named the most valuable player 
in Super Bowl 50, all right, uh, which his team won, by the way. And it was, the I guess, would be the last one Peyton Manning won as a quarterback. So um, here's a guy who had a great reason to be grateful. Now, a lot of times I think sports people, sports players, I think people who are successful as athletes miss the opportunities they're given to them. I see that happening today a lot. But I, I don't think Vaughn missed this one. He, uh, he expressed his gratitude in a way that was very uh, unique. And so I'm going to tell you the story about that. Uh, Miller, Vaughn Miller, sent every player in his division. Now, let me say that again. Every player in his division, not every player on his team, but every player in his division, more than 200 people, a gift. And with the gift, it had, there was a note attached to it. And here's what the note said. I want to read it to you. It is an honor and a privilege to take the field and compete with you twice a year. Well, that happens in, in the division play. They'll play against each other twice. We are so fortunate to have this opportunity to fulfill childhood dreams of playing in the NFL. I don't know what the percentage is, but it's like less than 1% of kids that start off playing football end up in the NFL, less than 1%. And here's the guy who's made it. And here's the guy who not only has made it, he's got influence. He's, he's the most valued player at the last Super Bowl. And here was his response. He sends this note. The blood, sweat, aches and pains, and endless hours spent watching the field are a testament to the love and dedication we have for this game. So take a moment, reflect on all your successes, and enjoy your accomplishments. Appreciate those who have helped you get this far, and start working towards your next childhood dream. Thank you for helping to make our game great. There's something unique about that, and that is that Vaughn didn't make that about himself. Gratefulness is never about you. I'll let that set. Gratefulness is never about you. Because it's gratefulness is more than you. It's, it's about life. It's about the opportunity. It's about the chance, the, 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 the door, as, as it might be. Um, let, let me say a couple things here. Now, this is typical for football players to thank their teammates, for coaches, or especially for their successes and when they succeed together. Running backs give their, line, their, their offensive line, you know, big, nice GMC truck because it takes a big, nice GMC truck to haul a lineman. Coaches give their assistant coaches, you know, bonuses and all kinds of stuff and presents and just different stuff, rewards. Uh, but, but watch this, watch this. To thank, so let, let's, let's think here. To thank his competitors. That'd be like me saying, devil, I appreciate what you did to me. The resistance that you put against me. The trial you put me through. The fact that this is twice this year I've had to wrestle you over. I mean, this is, this is different. This is different. This is really different. I mean, I know it wasn't the devil, but they were trying to keep him from accomplishing what he had set out to accomplish, and that's what the enemy works to do. So I'm just trying to wrap my mind around this. He, he thanked his competitors for the privilege of playing against them. 
That seems so counterintuitive as an expression of gratitude. So it seems so odd to thank the one that was trying to beat you. Makes all the sense in the world if you think about it. Without them, Miller would have no one with whom to compete. Without them, Miller would have never known what it was like to be an NFL football player, much less to win a Super Bowl and be named the most valuable player in that game. His livelihood depends on their participation in his vocation. So his gratitude, while it seems counterintuitive and very surprising, is completely appropriate. Now, I say all that because I want, I want you to think about this. Let's face it. So I've tried, I've sat, and I've thought about this, and I thought I'd give you all this. This is good. Vaughn Miller and I have almost nothing in common. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. He's a world-class athlete. I am a fan of sports. I can tell him what to do when I'm sitting in my chair. If he'd just do it. He appeared on Dancing with the Stars. I have never watched Dancing with the Stars. He can run a 4.5 second 40-yard dash. And for a man his size, I don't want to know what that looks like coming after me. I can't complete a 5K, and I'm comfortable with that. I make no excuses for that. So here's my point. I'm just trying to give you the I mean, we're on vast ends of the spectrum right here whenever we talk about who we are. There are ways, there are ways to turn every day into a growing day if we'll look for something to be grateful to God for. That's all I'm saying. Vaughn found something that he could be grateful for because as he thought about it, he realized, I wouldn't even have this opportunity if it wasn't for those who lined up on the other side of the field. So, so the gratefulness was born out of an understanding that by himself he was nothing, but with others it made every bit of the difference. And even those that opposed him, it made the difference. It was worth the struggle and the pain and the sweat and the blood that he made. So all I'm saying is 1 Thessalonians tells us this. It's in chapter 5, verse 16. There are, I've, only, I've only got a couple of passages, so I didn't give them to Riley. Y'all know on Sunday night, sometimes I like just stretch you and make you go to your Bible if you got it. But 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 is a familiar verse for you. You'll remember it probably if you're a student of the Word or if you've read or heard much. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Be grateful in everything. All circumstances. Ooh, do you know what that means? Maybe there really is something to say. And you know what, devil, it's okay. We know you're in. I know what you're doing. And you don't even realize it's making me stronger. I mean, I'm not giving praise to the devil, but I'm saying there are moments in our lives when we need to recognize in the circumstances that we're in, our gratefulness grows us 
I mean, I could get mad about what he's done. I could get mad about the things I feel like he's interfered with in my life. I could get mad about all kinds of things. But by now, you've, got, you've all sort of figured out for me that, that if, we, if we take time to put, put, this in our, put this into our focus and into our view, when we view our circumstances through an attitude of gratitude, even hard places, even the difficult moments, even the struggles and the conflicts, can be growing places, should be growing places. I was passing a house. I'm trying to remember where that house was at. Oh, it just hit me when I passed it, what I'm sharing with you tonight. But as I passed it, I, there was this oak tree. And so I, honest to God, I've been so many places this week, I can't tell you where the tree was at. I might not even remember driving here this morning, so that's just one of those moments. So, but 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 there was this oak tree. You ever seen you ever seen a tree that's scarred, and then it heals around that spot? Isn't that an awesome thing? Think to think about it, you know. So this huge oak tree, it had been scarred. I mean, much higher than the buildings here, way up it from the bottom up. And a lot of times it looks like that would be a lightning strike or something that did it. But it being an oak, it was a little different, and typically they don't blow out like that. But anyway, that's a long story. Another conversation. So it had this scar, but it was obvious that it healed because it had grown. The bark had grown around it. It had like this, this look of normal around, and on these edges it had this, this, this different color, and then you could almost see the center of the tree in this middle right here. But it was it was twisted around the tree so much that when I saw it, as I passed it, as I watched, I saw it on the other side. It grew, it went around. But boy, it was a sturdy, strong-looking tree. I don't know what scarred you. I don't know what has touched you. I don't know what words have been used against you. But I'm telling you tonight that God wants to take the storm you live through and make it a witness to him. And he wants you to be grateful for it and give thanks for it. In all circumstances. You're not thanking him for it. You're thanking him in it. You're saying, God, you're with me. And it's amazing if we can ever get to the place that we can trust him to give us an overhead view. We can see his activity through the whole thing. We can ever take time and really look back. And I know some of y'all been through some hard stuff. And you got scars. But that tree was the most attractive tree in the whole group. I noticed it because of it. Y'all figuring this out by now, but I believe that, like, growing, I mean, I think everything in our lives boils down to decisions. And so gratefulness in like fashion is a decision. I got to decide to be grateful. I got to decide. I'm going to grow into greatness in this moment. I'm going to grow into greatness in this circumstance. I'm going to grow because there's grace here because he's here. Amen? And so we have the power to choose whether or not to be grateful. Matthew 6 tells us this. Verse 22 and 23, if you're taking notes. Matthew 6, 22, 23. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. 
When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Say light. Light. Here, in this verse, Jesus is talking about how we perceive light, how we perceive it, how we, how we see it, and how we respond to it, how we perceive it. One person paints things with a very dark color. Could, I'm not, not picking anybody in here. I'm just saying there are people who paint things with a really dark color while others paint it with a Paint, paint things with, with light color, love the color. You'd almost look at me today and think, you're a dark person because I got dark stuff on. I, I, I thought the black looked good. I had to think about it when I was getting ready to preach. Sorry. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about here. I'm joking about the clothes, but you probably work with somebody who likes dark clothes. I mean, they're just nails. They're just painful nails. You get, did you hear? Have you seen? My God. They're just, they're just painful. They're just, everything's dark. Everything's dark. And then in walks Sally. I'm going to call her Sally because I, I, I know a Sally, and I don't know a Sally in here, so I'm going to call her Sally. Then walks Sally. Oh, my God. Use this color. And it's bright and light. And everybody thinks Sally's strange in any way because she seems to be happy about everything. So all I'm saying is there are distinct differences in people, it seems like. And many times, so, so hear me, I'm not judging, I'm saying something to you. Gratefulness defines the colors. Gratefulness defines the colors. Some of you are victims of some very difficult circumstances, some hard stuff. I mean, you live through some bad stuff. People don't know about all of it. You don't need to tell them about all of it. I'm not, I, I mean, your past has poured so much pain into your life, and it's only natural. It's only natural. To choose the dark. Are you listening to me? To choose the grace in looking at life. Some of you have a paint palette that only holds gray colors. And you know people like that. There may not be a person in here like that, but I'm just saying, some you know people who it seems like a, gr a gray, a tint of gray or a black seems to be the only color that they can figure out, that they can function in and live by. Your past caused you to question doubt the existence of a loving God at times. But here's what I say to that. We choose how we'll paint situations and circumstances. We choose. We choose. Your eye is a lamp that provides light to your body. Your eye represents how you see things. When your eye is good, 
your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have, now wait a minute, what is it saying there? It's saying that we can build our entire existence off grace. That's what it's saying. We can sort of build everything off of the past, off the hurt, off the pain. And before long, everything that we see, we are dark about it. But there is this choice that we have, this choice that seems to be in our lives and offered to our lives. And, 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 and so what I'm saying here is we choose how we'll paint situations, setbacks, circumstances, what color we choose to view, what color we believe they are, what color we allow them to become in our lives. And here's what gratefulness does. Gratefulness searches for the treasure. It searches for the light. Gratefulness is always looking for where God is. Where is God? God, where are you? We don't get mad and curse and stomp off. Sorry, I know none of y'all curse. We just don't get mad and let things overtake us, overwhelm us, or overcome us. We, we understand that God's in the worst, in the darkest, in the most difficult. He's in everything. In our, and our job is to give thanks in all of those circumstances. For this is God's will to you who are in Christ Jesus. So, so, so we're called on by God's own purpose and plan and design in those moments to rise above them and go, you know what, God, you're so good. I'm so grateful for who you are and what you've done. I understand what's going on in my life. So, So let me say this. Nothing has more splendor than finding God in the center. Nothing has more splendor, more light, more color than finding God in the temple. Gratefulness. Gratefulness respects the wisdom of the wrinkles of the elders and would, would beg to find out from them their story, their wisdom. We were at council, and we do this thing every year, and uh, it's, it's, it's called the, the, the Hall of Faith. And so for years of ministry, there are people who are recognized for their years of ministry, especially once they get to 50 years and over. And, and there's a hall of faith given to someone who's, um, who's in ministry. And then there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a layperson hall of faith that's recognized in our state. So there's one selected for each one from every year. And it's so incredible to see these people who are 85, 90 years old walk up and just a standing ovation for them and, and to hear them when asked what advice would you give the, the minister this time said just keep on keeping it that's what my word is is just keep on keeping it and I went man I, I need that Lord evangelist so hard no I didn't say that I didn't say that I'm kidding I've been in times when I I needed to hear keep on keeping on don't give up don't quit some of y'all I, the, 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 the lay person, when asked, my word, she was ready. I don't know if she had heard about it, but she laid out about three points and thoughts and how to get involved. And, and I mean, she had been doing ministry in her church forever. And, 
All I'm saying is, is, you know, I don't know what has happened, but I know what can happen. I don't know where you've been, but I know where you can go. I don't know why you found yourself there, but I know why you can move on. You can keep on keeping on. You can you can get in a place in your spirit, in your heart, where that you begin to find find God in the simple things and and, and and begin to celebrate him and rejoice over him. Gratefulness looks past piercings and tattoos and sees the potential. Gr- gratefulness, every stroke of a grateful paintbrush becomes intentional. Look, look, you can just grade the whole thing up or you can turn around and you can create and design and put put character and put life into the picture. What are you doing intentionally with the grace that you've been given? What are you doing with intention, with purpose, with this grace that you've been given? The best way to learn gratefulness is to simply show things after they're being given. The best way to learn gratefulness is just to simply show grace. You learn what grace is by showing grace, by giving grace. When we begin that, when we begin with the act of gratefulness, our hearts will grow in gratefulness. So we have to wake up with an intention. We have to go through the day with an intention, an intentional attitude of gratefulness. I'm going to find the joy in life. I'm going to find the things of grace in the moment. I'm going to find where God is. I believe I have grown in gratefulness. So I'll talk about me for a minute. So, so, so I'll talk about my life. We said life together, those who know me. So, so this, I, I don't know if I've always been this way, Chastity, but I'm an optimist. I wake up in a new day every day. I'm pretty excited about my day. It's always something fun and new, unless you're moving out of your house every day and a half. But anyway, um, I, I will say this. My primary gifting in, a, in, in gifting study, my primary gift is faith. I just believe, I just believe. It's just one of those things God gave me. I just believe, I tell people, and I'm going to say it tonight, the miracle's in the house. It's always in the house. If God wants to do something, everything we need, the provision is here. Everything's right here. It's right here. We don't have to look outside. It's right here. You say, oh, I don't know about that. Yep. I'm going to tell you one that we're moving towards. We're fixing to redo all of our digital up, digital uh, um, uh, expression online. Uh, a lot of what's happening in here with Screen It All, we want to completely redo everything back there. We had such a great response from the music ministry and music department response. So starting in May, we're going to start asking you to give funds, extra funds, separate funds, help us support a digital upgrade. It looks like about $6,500 is needed for that. Um, I'll give you all the itemization of what's going to happen, new computer uh, so that we don't keep having to skip the stuff, new computer, new new presentation in the booth, a brand new camera that I'm getting so many thumbs up from so many people that's going to help us. It's going to tie into the audio so everything they hear is coming right out of the mic. Uh, Kim watched us today. He didn't say he heard us. He just said he watched us. So that's sort of where I'm at with this thing. I'm just kidding, Kim. Come on. 
I think he heard us, but I'm just saying, man, how awesome if we can get it all tied together so there'll be a couple of computers, one to run the camera and all of our presentation online, one to run everything in here. So there's just a lot. And then any access, we're going to redo our entire website. You say, I don't know what we need to do all that for. Well, you don't have to guess. How about that? You don't have to guess. Nobody's forcing you. I'm grateful for what we have. But I think he wants us to reach people online. And I think he wants us to give the opportunity for them to get the best, excellent, the most excellent, most quality that we can present to them. And the field is ripe with harvest out there. And so we're going to do what we believe God's dropped in our spirit to do. So we want you to be a part of that. Please join us. So that's not me. That's not back to me. That was a commercial. So I, I, it was born out of my faith. I just believe it's here. I believe it's fixing to happen. Uh, so anyway, uh, my primary gift is faith. I, I hardly ever wake up on the wrong side of the bed. I love life. I had a great father. So I, I've talked a couple of minutes just about some of the things about me. I, I had a great father. Dad was incredible. So he'd use a little profanity every once in a while. I didn't say he's perfect. I said he's great. Uh, my boys loved that part about him. I'm just going to say. They didn't grow up around that. Uh, and I do joke a lot and say every man needs a good cussing every once in a while and probably needs to give one. I'm not saying I've given any lately, but I'm just saying that's just a part of how I think. I'm just a man. I can't help that. But he was a great man, great father. I can remember things that I did that he'd look so sad at me, and I'd think, oh, God, the broken heart. I shouldn't have done that. I have an amazing mom. She's incredible. I'm grateful for, for, for her. And, and, and I have one sister I'm grateful for. I'm fine that there was only one. Because she beat me up pretty regularly when I was growing up, and I was a little fellow. I was five, five, weighed 110 pounds at 15 years of age. So I'm just telling all you young guys and young girls, I mean, there's things change. Just hang in there. Things change. You can grow. It, 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 it comes in spurts. I, um, so so I, 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 I can honestly say the best thing that's ever happened in my life, apart from salvation, is Debbie. Um, I, I am very grateful for her, her passion for God, her love for family, her leadership, and influence with people that she knows and that are around her. I mean, sh her bravery to face four men daily, that's unbelievable. And that's four being the, me and the three boys that she raised, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, who sometimes take sides against her. We, we have been known to take sides against her. Um, and we pay the price for that. But anyway. <clears throat> I've grown a lot because of her. Not that she's a gray painter, but but I'm just I've grown a lot. I am very grateful. And I'm also grateful for Rebecca. Um, each of you, whether I've known you just uh, met you or whether I've known you over the eight months that I've been here, I'm very grateful for you. I'm grateful for the growth that's happened in me and the growth that I believe God intends to bring to us as we keep our eyes on you. But even I have to be intentional about life. Even I have to be intentional in life to grow in the attitude of gratefulness. I wake up, every day's a new day, but I still have to be intentional because you know what? We do have a real adversary. And he hates it when grace 
is radiating from our hands. Amen. I will, I will get construction crews to come. I told you earlier, I, I, um, we have the power to choose whether or not to be grateful. We have that ability. You, you, you can be grateful for where you are and the circumstances you're in, or you can just get the gray brush out. Um, so the question becomes, and I, I, I'm going to leave you with this. I want to take this thought and pull it out and put it in front of us. What does growing in gratefulness as an action look like? What does growing in gratefulness as an act, as an action look like? And, and I'll tell you, it's pretty simple. Find someone doing something right and tell them about it. Tell them about it. Say, I see you. I see you. I, I see you. Maybe you need to wake up and start the day off by telling yourself, I see you. I see God. I see what you're doing, Lord. I see how you're working those things. I haven't seen you work here yet, but I know, I know you're at work. The scripture says it. I, I know tomorrow's coming, but I'm not worried about tomorrow, and I'm grateful for tomorrow because as bad as tomorrow looks, I know you're in it today. You're at work right now. Build, build an intentionality into it, the way you see life. Build an intentionality of gratefulness in the way you see life, and then begin to speak that. I'm telling you, we lost the reality of the fact that God, that we need to let God speak life through us. You've been given words that have power. If you can speak, you have power. And God wants to speak life through you. He wants to use gratefulness to speak life into people. The people around you. The people that need, that may not that may not have heard it, that may need to hear it, that may not need to hear it. It's just something that, it's life, it's life. It's like giving a cold drink of water to somebody who's been working real hard in the sun. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I, you know, I prayed about this, thought about it. How can I, what can I do? So I want to acknowledge somebody tonight. I just, I'm just going to take a minute. I may acknowledge more than that. But I just want to talk and, and do, I want to express some gratefulness. That's all. So as I prayed about it, the first person that came to my mind was Nona. And I'm very grateful for Nona. Nobody sees what she does. How she's in her class before all the kids arrive and gets everything set, and has already worked at home getting ready, and how she is so passionate about those little toddlers, two to four years old, and how she pours over her lessons and the devotion that she shows to getting them to the moment that she can sit there and teach them, and then how they're picked up and rushed off, and then she's all by herself again working in that classroom, getting it ready for the next one, and how this happens out of devotion. I am grateful for that. 
I don't have a tree to carry with me. Thank God. Something would have been went horribly wrong if I did. That's all I'm going to say. But I will say this. I got a grandbaby that I can't wait to be in your presence. So I, look, gratefulness isn't always done in public. You don't do it so other people can see it. But that's what we're talking about when we talk about gratefulness. And I'm sincere in my gratefulness. I think the Lord would have you know that the prayers that you have prayed for the deliverance, the the rescue, and the salvation of those that are on your heart, that he says he is working them in history. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. I'm going to talk about somebody else. It's somebody that just out of the blue showed up. start praying, but I am so grateful for Donna, who was here one day. She came out of a dark place into the light, and it became so evident when she walked into the light how she has stayed in the light, and she hasn't let anything or anyone take her out of the light. And Dawn, I want you to know I see that. And I want to say something. God sees it. God sees your heart. He sees you struggle and wrestle. And he sees and says to you right now that I am your fortress, your strong tower. You can run to me and I will do what I have promised you I will do, says the Lord. Man, I'm so grateful for God over the years. I'm so grateful for his grace. I want to grow in that and trust him. He needs you to speak life into him. He's that person that's out on the edge. They're on a ledge right now considering, thinking about what to do in their relationship with God, maybe in a relationship in their home. They just need somebody to put their arm around them in private, in secret. But somebody to just come along and say, hey, I see you. I see you. I speak life into you. Hope in you. We're able to grow, grow, grow in gratefulness, grow in the grace, grow in the grace. I want to say, man, you can trust the Spirit of God to remind you of what He's done for you. Amen.
it will shortly find you out. And the infinite what is long far. God, don't let us mess anything up. Don't let us forget what you've done for us. You know, that's when we mess things up. When we get to thinking this thing's about us, we've got some kind of say in it. Man, all we got to do is be intentional. Matthew 7, 7 says this, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. So I'm not about false praise. That's not what this is about. It's about finding people who are doing things that maybe nobody Maybe they think nobody sees it, but that you see them, that you just take time and love on them and let God speak life. Just speak life. So how does gratefulness grow us? Well, I believe each time we are grateful, you think about this for a minute. I believe each time that we are grateful, we're reminded that we're all sinners saved by grace. I think each time that we are grateful, it reminds us what God's done for us, how he's rescued us. I mean, that ought to change our life every day to be reminded of just how good God is. Each time we're grateful, we create breathing room in our relationships and our interactions with others. Breathing room meaning we don't have to put on some kind, you know what breathing room is. It means that I don't have to put on some kind of face or some kind of facade or something fake. I don't have to do something because of who you are. I do it because of him. So it's breathing room. Each time we're grateful, we hear the sound of what could be, what should be, what will be. We're speaking life. We're giving life. So each time we're grateful, we're speaking about what has been, what is, and what will be. It's all about who Jesus is. Yesterday, today, and to come. (laughs) Each time we're grateful, we place our focus on God, who's personal. God's personal. So when I'm grateful, I'm talking about who he is. I'm not having, I mean, even tonight, just the couple of things I said that I'm just trying to let the spirit flow through me. Those are reminders of how good God is, how he sees everything. Though we may not see everything, he's aware. He's watching. He's perfect. He's so good. He is so perfect. Each time we're grateful, we're reminded of the gifts he's, we, we, we shouldn't have been given. Let me just say that. The friends we don't deserve. The grace we did not earn. So when I'm grateful, I'm just reminded, gosh, I didn't deserve this opportunity. God in his grace gave me this. You hear me? It changes how we view things when we function out of a grateful about gratefulness and then we're going to pray gratefulness will grow 
it's cultivated. Gratefulness in your life will grow and mature if it's cultivated. So what I mean by that, don't let great, so let me say it like this, don't let gratefulness be displaced or exchanged for want. How does that even relate to this? Well, it relates this way. When we lose sight that in whatever circumstance we're in, God's in it, and we begin to let the circumstance dictate us, it's because we want something out of that circumstance. We have an agenda in it. And so when we let our want displace a gratefulness for wherever God's got us, then it's herbicides to gratefulness and to grace. It's like round up on a pretty flower. Boy, give it about a week or two, and that thing will be rough looking. I mean, it kills the stew out of you. I mean, it'll kill gratefulness. Wants will kill gratefulness. Wants, living out of the idea. And, and, and I'm going to take that further. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, want turns into entitlement. Listen to me now. Wants will turn into entitlement and trick us into thinking I deserve more than I'm getting. Well, that's out there. No, that can be in here. No, no, that can be in here. So we have to be careful to walk in the understanding that we belong to him. He's ordering our steps. So whatever I'm in, I'm going to be grateful because he's in control. I can trust him. Day after day, step after step, I can trust him. Gratefulness, I mean, gratefulness, I'll say this about gratefulness, it's fragile. It's fragile. It's fragile. Gratefulness should be carefully maintained. We got these blueberry plants here. And we, we just a couple of them that we've hauled around about three, four years now. They're still in the pot. Well, we can't plant them because we ain't, we, can't, we ain't put roots down anywhere. We haven't put roots down. They're continuing to put roots in the pots we got them in. So now we, we, we pick them up like this. Where are we taking them now, honey? I'm getting ready to plant them. Pink lemonade blueberries, weirdest thing in the face of the earth. But anyway, that's another discussion. They're really good. But we got these pink lemonade blueberries, and we've been moving them around with us for a few years. We got them for, uh, what was that? Pastor appreciation four years ago. Boy, you can tell we appreciated that gift. We did appreciate them. We forgot we'd had them given to us in truth, and we, we remembered them about a month or two after they had laid out next to the house on their sides. But some, look, don't give us nothing that needs to live. We took them, watered them, and went, oh, man, I hope they live. Sure enough, they blew. Man, those things are resilient, buddy. I mean, they were like, oh, my gosh, water. This is amazing. Sorry, I can get off track so fast. <laughs> yeah, so, so these blueberries, 
they, the frost was just weird spring, isn't it? I mean, who would have thought that, I mean, like, towards the end of April, we're having 32-degree weather again. Where are you, Lord? No. So, so we pull them in under the bedroom. We forget there, oh, my gosh, three days later, we need to drag them back out in the sunshine. Oh, my gosh, another frost is coming. I mean, we scarred the concrete with a little pot, dragging them back and forth. It's got to be maintained. That's sort of, I mean, grace is like that. I mean, grace has to be, I mean, the best definition of grace I can give you. Because that's the, that's the center of gratefulness is grace. I, I've always heard grace as being unmerited, undeserved or unmerited favor. Okay, that's what we define it as. Bill Gothard, Institute Based Youth Conference, mentioned 19 of his conferences. He used to go every time. That's probably the first time I ever came to Birmingham was to one of his conferences. And in it, he taught this definition of grace. It is the desire and power. No, no, let me rephrase this. It is God's desire and power that he places in you to do his will. So grace isn't even mine. It's his. And he puts it in me as a driving force to do what he wants. That's what grace is. And so when I see it that way, then I become keenly aware that as I come in contact with people, gratefulness is an expression of God. It's boom. It causes people to go, ooh. Why? Because it's not about the person. So many, so many people, life is about them. It's not about us. It's about him. Boom. We hit them with gratefulness. And they go, wow. And we're growing and growing and growing with him whenever we are working in that grace, expressing gratefulness, letting his desire and power to do his will in our life show up. Wow. Gratefulness, when exercised, should be done in the shadows as much as the sun. No matter the circumstance, you need to find things to be grateful for. Amen? And I, we're not going to end tonight by, okay, I want, I'm going to call on Wayne. I want you to stand up and tell I'm not going <laughs> to, not what it's about. Uh, you know, pick somebody and be grateful for them and it not be Doug. Oh, never mind, you wouldn't have chose him anyway. God wants to give us a heart for things that we can show gratefulness for, pointing gratefulness towards. He wants to make us aware of him in our lives. And this is his answer. Growing in gratefulness day by day. This is you growing in gratefulness day by day. What are you grateful? Who are you grateful for? How can you show a grateful heart to somebody? God wants to speak life through you 
to someone this week. Father, we just take this moment right now. We just set our hearts toward you. First off, Lord, we're so grateful for what you have done for us. That's why we're here tonight. We're here to grow in that grace. We're here to grow in gratefulness. We walked in these doors. Nobody knew what I was going to preach about, but when they came in, they came in to hear from you, and I believe this is a word from you today. Not anything to do with me. It's just how you want to speak tonight, what you want to call out of me. Because I believe, I believe, God, that our words have the power of life and death. I believe the scripture's clear in that. And what you want is you want us to speak words of life. And those words come from a grateful heart as they see, as our hearts and our eyes see life, see those things that are given to us that we can speak to, we can elevate, that we can acknowledge. Who is that? Who is that that you put in our path this evening? It may be a co-worker, it may be a boss, it may be, it may be a competitor, it may be it may be somebody lined up on the other side of scrimmage, a scrimmage in life, a wrestling point, a, a, a challenge. Maybe a family member, maybe a friend, could be a stranger. Who is it? God, will you put that person in our hearts tonight and in our minds? Will you, will you show us and give us a sensitivity to your spirit so that when that moment comes, we will be quick to listen, slow to speak, but that we will respond in grace and pour out a word of life on somebody. Something that will help set them free. Something that will cause them to feel the presence of God. Something that will make them to know that there is something irresistible about heaven when it comes down and they feel it and sense it. It could be that the person that you'll put in front of us is lost and they just need to know God's real and you'll give us a word to speak to them that'll make them know it. It could be somebody who's outside of the parameter of relationship in the church and just needs an encouraging word to be drawn back in. It could be somebody that's in our... That's that's right around us. It doesn't matter, Lord. We're going to give thanks in all the circumstances because that's your will. And we're going to speak life into every person we come in contact with because that's your plan. That's how you are known is that we speak it, we express it. And we commit ourselves to that tonight. I commit the whole group for you. <laughs> I don't have to, though. They're ready. We're ready, Lord. We're ready to be people of grace. People who are grateful, who are expressing with a grateful heart who you are and what, you, what we see in those around us. Lord, put the, put the gray painter in front of us. Let us add a little color. Put somebody who's 
wilted from the pressure of life so that we can pour water in to the root system and bring life back into the day. Give us the opportunity. Give us the opportunity. And we, we give an ear to the Spirit this week in the area of grace that your love will be felt through us that people will feel and sense your love touching them as we come to them in worship. Hallelujah. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hey, do you have something that you need prayer for? I want to open the altar. If you've got a need, you have a physical need, a spiritual need, anything, I want to open the altar. We'll give you an opportunity to respond. We'll lay hands on and pray according to Scripture. We'll anoint you with the oil sickness, anything. If you need to stand in for someone, I open the altar right now and just invite you to come. We, we'll, we'll pray. Come on, everybody stand with me. If you have a need, will you come and let us agree with you? Anyone else? Right. 
His grace go with you. Amen. Amen. Love one another. Praise God.